Welcome to the Activating Consciousness podcast platform. This platform is an amalgamation of a number of platforms from HexoChange, including Activating Consciousness, the Right Here, Right Now live show, the Inside Out show, and also the repurposing of a number of blogs, vlogs, poems, and other forms of media that all combine together are here to offer you the opportunity to raise the level of consciousness in yourself, in those around you, and in society at large. We believe at HexoChange that we are on the cusp of an exponential shift in human consciousness, unleashing the potential that we have never imagined possible. We hope to go on that journey with you together, and feel free to subscribe at hexochangenow.com. One word for regular updates. See you around. Uh, Gary Turner here, just arrived at our venue three weeks today 7th of September will be the start of the human development space a space that invites you whether you're a coach whether you're a senior leader whether you're a team member whether you're someone that leads other human beings maybe you're a solopreneur maybe you're someone like me that works in the corporate space that really believes in being better myself but also helping bring better to my organization that's what this co-creative space is all about over two days 7th and 8th of September 2021 this is where the goodness is going to take place that's Heffington House behind me we've got that space to ourselves over these two days well mostly to ourselves you'll have people from the Jim Croning Memorial Fund busying around Monkey World is just over the road and we've got acres and acres of outside space and also this incredible, beautiful country home to explore together as we look to bring our ideas, our gifts, our challenges together into this incredible space in the Dorset countryside. So drop me a note, let me know if this could be interesting for you to join us. You will be part of the agenda. You will help co-create what happens over these two days. There's options to buy day tickets for both the 7th and the 8th of September or you can join us for the full 48 hours and uh, really looking forward to seeing you any questions do drop me a note hi there welcome to the right here right now live show this show has one simple question what's on your heart and mind right here right now in this moment we explore the depths and breadths of our humanity through that one simple question over the course of 30 to 45 minutes. I hope that you'll join us. I hope you'll enjoy the exploration. And this tune was created for me personally by the incredible Peter Griffiths, one half of the amazing Mind Takeaway. Do let us know what you think. Let us know what you take away. And of course, we always welcome challenges too. Hope to see you on the exploration. Oh my goodness, Rocky Howard, Rocky Howard. <laughs> I love the music. It's great. <laughs> How are you, Rocky, my friend? How are you uh, today? Um, any day I'm spending time with you is a good day, right? This is the, um, it's not my first meeting on Monday, but it's towards the beginning of my Monday and I can't think of a better way to start my week. You are so generous. Well, thank you for joining me again, Rocky. And again, I have to always have to put a shout out. We had a little chat about him before, Hung Lee how I found your, you and your amazing work several months ago. So thank you, Hung, for that connection. And 
before people get to learn a bit more about you, as you saw, Rocky, like this is a really simple show. Like what's on your heart and mind right here, right now in this moment? And I'd love to know what that is. Wow. I think, you know, there's so many things on my heart and on my mind right now. Um, I, I think, though, at the if we think about it from a professional perspective, um, the biggest thing on my heart and mind right now is we are about to take the work, smart recruiters, the work that we've done, um, as you know, to put out our diversity hiring toolkit. So we've had over 400 companies globally respond to that toolkit. And so now what we've done is we've aggregated that data and we're now saying we're going to launch our state of diversity hiring report come next month. And so we're working on that report next month. And when you look at the results of it, it just shows how much work we still have to do in terms of the diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging space. Um, and so I'm happy to be part of something where companies can assess their diversity hiring maturity. Um, certainly what's on my heart is how do we get people to continue to move forward? How do we make sure this is more than just a moment in time, um, that it's even more than a movement, that it really becomes integrated into what we do in the future and integrated into our companies and in our minds and our hearts in a place that um, says, this is how we do business. This is how we run the world. Mm. This is like treating people in an equitable way, lifting up people in an equitable way, amplifying the voices of all people, making sure that um, our companies are ready to accept people, making sure that we're ready to make bold, courageous decisions about who we let into our companies. And, and what I mean by that is the leaders who aren't supporting these initiatives. Like, are we ready to do bold, courageous things to say, if you're not willing to do this, then then this isn't the right place for you. So I think mm. um, it's there's lots of things on mind and heart now. And it's really, you know, the fact that we are a year past um, George Floyd, we're certainly still really embedded into the pandemic. I think we um, naively wanted it to all go away. And so I think the other thing that's that's top of mind for me is the future of HR, the future of talent acquisition, the future of candidate experience, the future of DEIB, and where we go from here. Well, it's just a Monday morning for uh, for Rocky Howard, really. It's another Monday morning, right? This is, this is what this is what I wake up thinking about. It's what I wake up thinking about. What I go to bed thinking about. What I think about midday. It's it's all in there, right? But but you know something. Thank you for sharing all of that because I think it's I think it's really important that people realise because we could have in previous podcast conversations. I would formally introduce you. You're the Chief Diversity Officer of Smart Recruiters, and that is part of your intersectionality, right? But what you actually opened with is your humanity first. And then you happen to bring that through the job that you do, right? And I think this is so important that we, like hearing where you're at right now with all those different strands, I think that invites a very different conversation rather than having to go and knock on the door and say, hey, CEO, can I now force feed DEI and B into a conversation with you? Well, and I think that that's so important. To be honest, that's why I get up and do what I do. Um, and you know this because you know me personally. But for me, it's really how do we humanize all of this? Because I don't think we're going to make any progress until we start to connect like my actions or lack thereof 
actually impact human beings. And so if anyone in your audience has heard me speak recently, it really has been, how do we use hiring maturity and diversity hiring maturity from the perspective of humanizing the process. You also know that that's the whole reason I started my podcast, which is all about the voices of diversity. And that really is another way for me to say, hey, um, look, this is about listening and this is about understanding that no matter what dimension of diversity you sit in, things are happening to people real time. Like we can't ignore that. We have to stop going, oh, that only happens to certain people, only happens in those kind of companies, or this really isn't happening anymore. People are blowing this out of proportion. It's the latest trend. It's not. Real people every single day are being impacted by this. And I'll tell you, when I see success, and I'll, I'll give you a good story. So last week I was back with people. I was back on a real stage and not a virtual stage. And so it was pretty cool. Um, and I was with an incredible staffing company called 811 Group. And so um, I finished speaking. I come off stage and you're talking to people, et cetera. And there was this young black man that was kind of standing off to the side. And I won't call out his name, but I hope that he is he's going to come into the Rocky Howard fold. Right. So he's standing off to the side. And I'm talking to this group and I was like, you can join us. And he was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll wait. And so, you know, I waited and finished talking to this group and turned and said, come on, let's talk. And he said, I just want to say two things to you. I want to say thank you for making me be seen today and thank you for inspiring me. And. I think for me, that's where success comes in. When you can see, when you can help someone be seen, when you can help their voices be heard, when you can create pathways for them, when you can deal with some of the systemic issues that they're challenged with by helping people understand that, that this is a human issue. Um, and you know, to use your language, we have to activate our consciousness to be able to deal with this. And we have to understand that, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is hard work and it's uncomfortable because we're asking people to challenge long held values that quite frankly, sometimes they don't even know where it comes from. They don't even know it still exists. I do believe, and maybe this is, um, this is my personal belief. I like to look through the world through rose-colored glasses, maybe literally, right? Um, but I don't think most people wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to discriminate. I'm going to be racist. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to demonstrate this level of bias against people. I think people operate in how they've grown up operating and through their life experience and through their lived experience. And so until they make a conscious decision to understand the lived experience of others and to be of service to that, the systemic changes we're going to make are, are, are going to fall on a foundation that's made of sand. Yeah, it, it, it resonates such makes as you know, I've done a lot of work since the George tragic murder of George Floyd last year. And of course, let's be honest, like he wasn't the first black man to have lost and his life. And wasn't the last. Yeah. So, you, you know, at the end of the day, as you say, like this is this is a, a moving target, right? This is not a, a one and done, let's get this organized and it'll be a nice tick on, tick on the box. And I think what you took out my, my, um, 
my mind exactly where I was going with my thinking in, the, in this moment, Rocky, around that lived experience piece, right? Because how, like we've got, I'm really interested in the data that's going to come out of your, of, of, your, of your new research, your new tool. But at the same time, we also have a lot of data already, right? We know there's a lack of black male representation at the top of the S&P 500, for example. We know that we make a lot more money and better out, healthier outcomes for everybody if we are more diverse intentionally within our organization. So we've got data, but it's still not shifting very quickly. So I'm wondering, like, what is that experiential part? Is that part of the gap in terms of because if, if people are if people can't empathize, truly empathize with someone else's lived experience, can they ever really go, OK, yeah, let's go do that then? Well, I think it's a couple of things, right? Because it's not just about being black. So you look at the Fortune 1000, only seven and a half percent of the Fortune 1000 are female and less than one percent is black. That's ridiculous yeah. in 2021, right? Let's just hear that. When half your workforce is female, seven and a half percent of your global leaders of the top 1000 companies are female and less than one percent is black. Right. And so to your point, is it about empathy? Yeah, that's part of it, because I think empathy makes you want to take the effort that understanding that lived experience. But quite frankly, it also has another effect. Right. And the other effect it has is it challenges our power and our privilege. So if I'm part of, you know, there's a stat recently that says 85 percent of executives are white. Right. Um, and if I am part of that privileged group, then why would I want to give that up? Mm -hmm. And why should I have to? And now we so that's when conversations about are you committed to equity come into place? Because equity is different than equality. And what are you willing to give up? from a society perspective, from a business perspective to make this happen. That's where the challenge comes in. And people don't want to admit, and this is why I say this is really uncomfortable, right? Because here's the truth. If we're going to change those stats, that means some people are going to come off that list. Yeah. And you know what? People don't like to give up power and privilege. So they like to talk about it in theory. But when mm -hmm. it comes to the reality of saying, oh, you know what, I'll give up my CEO gig and to make space for whoever, whatever dimension of diversity, people don't want to make that sacrifice. And that's where the challenge comes in, right? So yes, it's a heart issue. I think, um, you know, when I'm speaking about this, we talk about it in a much more simplistic term. So we talk about candidate experience, right? And so here's a really good question. If you are a man, let me ask you this question, Gary. Have you Please. ever had to sit across as a man? Have you ever sat across an interview panel that's all female? Never. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can count the times I've done it in my career, right? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been asked about what your plans are to have family in the future? No. Yeah. No. I can count the times I've passed or in fact, probably lost count. I can tell you about times where um, I almost didn't get considered for opportunities or didn't get considered for opportunities because I'm a wife and mother of four. And so people thought, oh, well, she won't be interested. She can't handle that. You don't know what my circumstances is. That's not for you to judge. Or here's an even a bigger one that makes really people uncomfortable. As a white man, have you 
ever sat across from an all interview panel of all black people. No. Okay. And honestly, mm -hmm. we're at that place where you, if you walked into a organization and the whole interview panel was black or everyone that you interviewed was black, you'd probably feel uncomfortable and you'd feel like that's different or strange. You might not feel uncomfortable, but it would flag as being different to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why is that? You know, why couldn't we say, oh, well, here's a group of really talented people and let's forget that they're all women, et cetera. That's what people want us to be able to do, but it's easy to do that when you're not on the other side of it. And so we're not thinking about the experiences that our candidates are having as they're going through the process. And here's the bigger challenge. If no one on an interview panel and I use panel broadly, right? It's not like it's all the same, you know, in the same room at the same time. But if no one interviewing me understands my lived experience, then how much more is the bias amplified because you just don't understand? Mm. It's a question that keeps me up at night, right? And mm -hmm. so people from multiple dimensions of diversity. I'll give you another example that I use when I'm speaking. Um, gentleman that's been on my, my podcast, his name is Dan Berger. He's absolutely incredible. Dan is has a master's degree, bachelor's degree in computer science. He's actually designed software that will go into outer space. He's been on 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper. He has the biggest heart. He is so brilliant. Right. When he goes into an interview um, because he is on the autism spectrum. Right. So he shows up for an interview and he is uncomfortable with reaching that hand out and giving a strong handshake or maybe giving eye contact or maybe he doesn't answer questions as quickly. The conversation doesn't flow. So he is constantly kind of set aside for what we call attribution bias. Mm -hmm. So, so, so he's constantly kind of minimized and it takes him longer to get a job where quite frankly, what we're asking him to do has nothing to do with whether he can give someone a strong handshake or look somewhat, <coughs> excuse me, directly in the eye. But here's the problem. The people who are interviewing have a bias that that's what makes a good candidate. And it's, it's sometimes a very subconscious bias. And if there's no one on the interview panel who has experience with someone who is neurodiverse, who has experience with someone who is autistic, who can say, no, that's not a um, indicator of dishonesty. It's an indicator of his neurodiversity. And what does that have to do? And can he still deliver to the outcomes of what we're trying to hire for? That you can't necessarily blame someone for not having that experience. You can say you have a responsibility to be able to educate yourself and do the work and consciously nip away at those biases. Mm, it's so it's so powerful, Rocky, for me, because again, as you say, for me to uh, for me to receive the questions on one level is humbling because at the end of the day, I'm just like, I wouldn't, and that is I want anyone that's watching this or watches this back, 
that is the privilege that I hold as a white male, that I don't have to worry about those things. So I know there's a lot of people that like privilege, privilege, I don't have privilege. Like it's as simple as that. Like that is a barrier to get to moving forward in your life that I just don't have to experience. It like, is. It so is. And and look, even if I, I have privilege, right? And it's it's very interesting. You know, I talk about this quite openly. I think you know this, and I'll share this with your audience. When people ask how I identify, um, and I love that the LGBTQ community has adopted pronouns, and I do think we should adopt pronouns to make it easier for them to identify. But there was a point in time where I really struggled with understanding why I hadn't adopted those pronouns. And what I came up with is for me, I am much more than she, her. So when people ask me to identify, you will hear me say, I identify as she, her, Black, Christian, Gen X, wife, mom. And so what's really interesting is we're talking about baseline um, biases for one dimension of diversity, but that's not how any of us show up. And even with those, there are um, things about how I show up and what my background is that don't identify in those words. But it's really difficult to say, okay, you know, so what shows up? What perspective do you get? I don't leave behind the fact that I am a wife and mom. I certainly hope I never leave behind the fact that I'm a God girl. Um, I have 52 years of lived experience. I can't leave that behind and I choose not to. And I boldly embrace that. But all of those things impact how I show up. Now, I'll tell you a privilege that I have. A privilege I have is I can sit here and talk with you and boldly say all of those things, you know, and not worry about, oh, my gosh, is anyone going to not hire me because I just went on someone and said, I'm black and I'm over 40 and I'm Christian and I've got four kids and like all of those things are things that are going to prevent me from being hired. But the folks over at Matheson did have, have done their 2021 Matheson candidate diversity hiring um, report. And I, I think it's out now. If not, it'll be out soon. And they were gracious enough to give me a sneak peek. And what was just staggering is as we're running around talking about, oh my gosh, diversity hiring is at the top of our list. Matheson talked to like 500 candidates and there were some crazy statistics out of that. But one of them being is that 50% of diverse candidates feel like their diversity is going to be a barrier in them moving forward to get a job. So 50% of people who are looking for a job, like 50% wake up and go, because I'm a black woman, I don't want to disclose that. So what can I do to minimize that so it doesn't impact my career? Um, something like 62% said that they had experienced bias in the interview process. Something like 79% or some astronomical said that they hadn't seen any diversity in the interview process. And when we're telling people this is a top priority, how, you know, it's, it's just like we say in normal relationships, your actions speak louder than your words. 
It's just so much in this, Rocky, as always. Like, <laughs> you just, you, you blow my mind. Um, and I'm, I'm, I am an optimist, and I know you are as well. Like, I am an optimist, but I'm also a pragmatist. And I think, so I work in, my day job is in the chemicals industry, right? Which is one of the most heteronormative white industries that you're probably going to find on the planet. For sure. Right? And there is progress being made. People are looking at diversity. But if I'm honest, what I see in here across the industry, it's pretty damn performative. Like I'm going to call it out because you can't just look at gender and think you're ticking the DEI box. You just can't. Like if you well, that makes us feel good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but, yeah. But, but, but I guess the point is, what's the question then? And I love the fact you're always you're curious. So for me, the question then to my, my, my own organization, my industry is, why are you only going with gender when you know, when you look at your daughter, your, your son, your, you know, whatever else is in your life that matters to you, there's no way you look at them and go, actually, which part of that person can I tick the box on? You go, no, it's my daughter, and I'm proud of her, and she's got a degree, and she's going through this, she's got a boyfriend. You know, you don't go, it's that bit of that human that I really want to elevate and show to the world. So it's got to be about comfort again, hasn't it? It's got to be that people don't want to get back to what you started with. We're not prepared to be uncomfortable and do the work. We're not prepared. And let me, let, let me just say something else, too. So one of the stats that's going to come out in our report is that more than 60% of leaders that we assess said that they don't have the right investment to be able to achieve their diversity hiring goals, right? So not only are we uncomfortable with this whole topic, um, here's the really interesting thing. Last year, we saw all these companies write big checks externally. Guess what? I'm so sorry. I'm going to just call it out. That, that was really easy to do because guess what? You got that back in a tax break. It was a great marketing ploy. I'm going to give $50,000. I'm going to give a million dollars over 10 years to this particular organization. And I'm glad those organizations are getting supported. No shade that way. But those same companies haven't gone back in and gone, um, yeah, are women getting paid equitable to men in my organization? Are, is there a discrepancy to how we are investing in the future of making sure that black people can have access to this particular career path, right? So there, there are, are black people paid the same? Like we know that we've got wage gaps across the board from a female, from a black female, from a black male perspective. And so that same money that we invested externally that made us look good and feel good, have we done the work to go look inside our companies and say, oh, like shit, we've got some real problems here. Let's take care of it. And what would happen if we do that? Or, oh my goodness, if I'm in the chemical industry, how do I start with the kids in grade school and high school? And what can I do to impact the future? Maybe I can't impact the talent here, but what can I do long-term to impact this talent gap? And then even here, like, what can I do internally to create programs to give people the skills that they need to be able to create equity within my industry? That takes a lot of investment from a um, emotional, that's where the heart comes in to be able to say, we want to change the world. And then we got to write some big A checks. Yeah. And, and do you know something I'm going to add to that as well is that, so I'm, I'm, you know me well enough, Rocky, I've actually been doing my own little sort of experiments and, I managed to pull together several people from across 
um, diversity, equity, inclusion, HR, sustainability from across my industry, from big oil, from big energy, from pharmaceutical, food manufacture. Just have a conversation about these very topics. And you know what was interesting? Without any, the topic wasn't diversity, equity, and inclusion, but it didn't matter where we meandered in that conversation over 90 minutes, it all came back to that. So even though you had sustainability, you had HR, you had DEI, it all came back to that. And why did I want to share this today? This is like, the, this is the biggest, for me, the biggest opportunity to unleash human potential is putting this topic front, center, like backbone, not like bolt on, backbone. And that's what I'm excited about because I know with people like you out there, Rocky, like this is going to come because co companies will fail. Next five, 10 years, they won't be there if they don't put this in their backbone. Yeah, like, for, sure. That. for sure. It's interesting. I had someone say to me, you know, like, what do we say um, when salespeople go, oh, well, I'm not sure I should hire that person. I'm not sure how our clients will feel. I'm like, you're dealing with the wrong clients, right? And this, again, comes back to being uncomfortable. Like, because I don't know if you're hiring or in staffing right now. I know of no company who doesn't want diverse talent, right? But it, it's that uncomfortable thing about st sticking with what we've always thought in the past, what a so-and-so should look like. I mean, when I show up, people, you know, if you ask someone 10 years ago what an executive should look like, it doesn't look like this black girl with blonde hair and a nose ring in her ear, right? Um, but what you miss out on if you sleep on me and that's how you look at it is you miss out on this wealth of talent that could actually help you move your business forward. And so that's what's happening today. We've got these boxes in our head about how we hire and how we look at talent instead of saying, what do we really need and how can we rethink how we get that experience with this in mind and making that commitment and what are we going to invest to be able to do it? Um, you know, you, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. What a wonderful way to start to wrap up Rocky today. I think it's, 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 but it's important, right? Because yeah. I see it again, my industry, other industries, the amount of money that goes on schmoozing and, <laughs> you know, expos and like, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not making any judgment on that, but if we can find the money to do that, surely we can put, put the money in to try and make sure we're more humane and more equitable. Like, because yeah, I'm just, I get a bit stuck like this sometimes because for me, it's so huge, but so bloody obvious at the same time what needs to happen. So it's like, I'm going to summarize my comment. I'd love to give you the last word, Rocky. It's like, it's all an inside job, right? It's inside our organizations. It's inside, it's decolonizing each of our own minds, including me. It's making us realize that actually what we've got hasn't come from a meritocracy. Very unlikely it's came from a very meritocracy. It's like all of these corporate stereotypes of what good looks like and what's successful we need to blow them up and go, actually, let's just let's just rebuild from the ground together. And then we're going to like have an amazing time, though. Absolutely. And I will just piggyback on that. Um, first of all, I don't want to leave without saying how much I appreciate you. You are such a wonderful ally and an advocate. And the work that you're doing and the way you amplify voices is so important. So I appreciate you. And thank you for trusting me to do this with you today. Um, I will go back to something that's a core pillar of ours and what we truly believe. And we believe to get to, you know, diversity and hiring maturity, you have 
to have organizational support at all levels of the organization. And I think everyone, the, the challenge is, is we don't tell people what that means. We don't say, hey, receptionist, here's your role in terms of helping make this a culture that is inclusive, where people feel like they belong, that's equitable. Uh, hey, middle managers, here's yours. Senior leaders, here's yours. C-suite, here's yours. You know, people out on the line, here's yours. We all mm -hmm. play a role. No one person can own DEIB and any organization. So to your point, we have to do it together. And I think it, to your point, it's also important that we do this as colleagues. This is not some, this is not an issue where we need to be in competition with each other. This is a time where we need to crowdsource with each other. And, you know, I believe you can change the world one story, one conversation, one action at a time. And so let's start to take those steps. Wow, what a way to finish. Like my whole head's buzzing, Rocky. You're just an amazing human. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bindu. Also gives a little smile. And Elise from South Africa also says, Hey Gary, hi Rocky. Thanks so much for joining us, both Bindu, Elise, and anybody else. Please do follow Rocky's work. You can follow it, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, Rocky Howard on LinkedIn, give your um, podcast a little plug, Voices of Diversity. Yeah, it's uh, the Voices of Diversity. You can find us at thevoicesofdiversity.com and on any major podcast player. Um, we're actually about to launch season two. So we've got 10 episodes that will be coming out soon. So so go on in and download it and add it to your favorite podcast player. Please subscribe. That is amazing. And honestly, thank you so much for everything you're doing, Rocky. I appreciate your friendship, your leadership and we're going to get there. As you say, we keep laying these steps in the piles. <laughs> for sure. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, Rocky. And Thank you so much for joining us in that recent exploration. We hope you gained some value, and we'd love to learn from you what you took away, what maybe challenged you, what new ideas that you have. Please do share this on your social media platforms if you feel moved. And you can find out more about HexoChange at hexochangenow.com where you can subscribe for the weekly or bi-weekly updates where i'll update you with regard to in-person events blogs blogs service offerings and other thoughts and ideas that come to mind hope to see you around